Victor Wimbayama had his NBA debut. Let's discuss it. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Chris Sabat, and you're listening to Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs, right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend and enjoyed Wimby's debut. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. The Spurs' number one pick, he made his summer league debut against the Hornets. So we're going to be discussing that. Quick note, though, uh, due to some time constraints, uh, we have to record this after game one versus the Hornets, so we don't have the sample size of game two if, if Wemby does play against Blazers and Scoot. So keep that in mind as we go forward with our guests. I'll bring in momentarily. But yeah, always thank you for making Locked On Spurs your first listen each and every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. And Wemby. Wemby had himself, I would call it a, a, a decent debut. Uh, there was probably just one play where uh, he got the crowd going and that was like a four-point play but he didn't dazzle he didn't constantly bring those highlights and yeah they were already out there those naysayers saying well you know so much for a, a Wimby debut he didn't do bleep well again gotta keep things in mind one this was his first game in a Spurs uniform with teammates that he doesn't really know so keep that in mind. The whole idea uh, behind his debut is this. You saw the foundation. You saw sprinkles of what he can become uh, throughout that game. Defensively, blocking shots in the perimeter. Offensively, just mentioned it, taking a three-point shot and making a four-point play. If you were expecting him to drop 50, 30, and 10 or something like that, well, yeah, I was right there with you. I was hoping he would, but he did not. And that's okay. That's all right. You saw him individually give you things, give you, I guess, a sneak preview of what he can become once he gets familiar with his you know, like his teammates that he's going to be right, going to war with the rest of the season. And two, shaking off that rust. I mean, that was the first time he played at least some sort of organized basketball in quite some time. So although perhaps you, me, our guests, were probably expecting the all-world, the next coming to drop, you know, you know, some sort of triple double. It didn't happen again. That is okay. As I said, the last episode last week of, of locked on Spurs, no matter how it played out, if he dropped big numbers, if he stunk up the joint or he just played okay, as we saw versus the Hornets, then you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Who knows? Perhaps by the time you're watching this show and uh, he played game two versus the Blazers and scoot and he just wowed them. You know, hopefully that does happen, but if it didn't, and he landed somewhere in one of those slots, again, that is okay. No need to panic. There's a lot of basketball. There's a lot of growing for him ahead, and we're going to get into it all right here on Locked On Spurs. Our first guest, yes, first guest, I'll bring him on shortly. His name is Michael Jimenez of the Acquire Taste YouTube show. He's going to come on for the first couple of segments to discuss Wimbayama's summer league debut. Again, we're just recording after the Hornets game. Due to time constraints, we could not get together on a Sunday game. So keep that in mind. And then later on the show, we're going to have Dr. Ryan McCorkle. He is back, everybody. He's going to be discussing 
about Wimby and his comments saying he doesn't need to get bulkier. He just needs to get stronger. What does that mean? Dr. Ryan's going to talk about that right here on Locked On Sports. Let's go to bring him on. He is Michael Jimenez. He is with the Acquired Taste uh, YouTube show, and he is chopping at the bit to tear down Wimby, right? You're, you're going to be that guy. <laughs> you're going to be that guy. Uh, you know, the sky is falling. You know, I cannot yeah. believe this happened. Yeah, exactly. Pan- it's time to panic, right? Pandemonium. Pandemonium no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not like that right now. I, I liked a lot of what I saw. And maybe that should being a Spurs fan and just yeah. trying to, uh, sure. you know, turn lemons into lemonade. Maybe that's what I'm right. trying to do right now. Uh, but there's a lot to be said about this evening's game. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that you got to think about what he was going through as a mm-hmm. 19-year-old walking into the Thomas right. & Mack Center, knowing that it was sold out, knowing that it mm-hmm. was going to be on ESPN, knowing that the whole world was going to be watching. The pressure that was on him had to be tremendous. And right. to be playing a game 25, 26 minutes with people that you barely even know, that yeah. you haven't practiced with. Right. Had had to be difficult with a, a different dimension of a court, a different type of basketball. There's a lot of of, of things that were not going to translate in game mm-hmm. one. And because of that, I know for a lot of people, the sky is falling. And we're going to hear all right. that crap. And I'm sure Rocket fan is, is all excited about oh, this, you right? Oh, that. Yeah, they're, they're coming at us already. But um, uh, yes. But, you know, I mean, overall, I thought he did okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Let's start on the offensive end uh, in this first segment with you, Jimenez. Offensively, he struggled away from the paint. Uh, that At least in the first half, I believe he went over from the three line. He was taking them, just wasn't connecting on them. Uh, you know, missing uh, some, some close-in shots. I think he blew a dunk at one point. Yeah. Uh, offensively, it looks like that's going to that's gonna be a work-in-progress light. I like that offensively he was taking his shot i like that i like that he wasn't shy to take a three shot and i like that he wasn't uh shy to miss it in front of that thousands of crowds i like that but it looks like there might be might be some learning curve offensively although i think it'll come very very fast considering what he did in the french league and also to let's not forget too you know the spurs offensive system is probably going to run around him when the regular season starts and so uh, he'll definitely get a lot of touches to get going. Uh, he managed, he did finish with double figure scoring, I believe. No, but nine never points. The, nine oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry. Nine points. My mistake. Yeah. Nine points. But yeah, just a rough night shooting. I'm not making a big deal about that. What about you? Well, a couple of things. Uh, I was excited the first two times he caught the ball, he -hmm. wanted to shoot it, right? And it was very confident the way that he was shooting. Didn't go in, right? He had the confidence, but he didn't Mm -hmm. have uh, the accuracy. Right. But once he missed two or three shots, he became very tentative with his shot. Mm -hmm. And there were a few three-point attempts where he either hesitated or he thought a long second about whether to pass it or not. Then he decided to shoot. I mean, there were two shots where he didn't even hit the iron for crying out loud. I think one was a complete brick on top of it. So it it was almost like he lost his confidence in his Mm -hmm. shot when when the first few didn't go down. Oddly enough, the two buckets that he did made arguably were the hardest shots to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, one was a four-point play, yeah. and then one was when he got hacked down low. Exactly. It's, al- it's almost like he didn't have to think about it. He was fine. Mm-hmm. 
but they were giving him time to shoot. Did you notice that? I did. It, yeah. it, it wasn't one of those things where they had a hand in his face or they were guarding him very tight. He mm -hmm. was missing wide open shots and he was very hesitant when he was shooting them. Yeah, exactly. And again, you know, I, I'm not making a big uh, issue about his uh, offensive struggles uh, for most of the night. You saw it starting to come on towards the end of the game when it was already the time was not on his side to get going. Also, too, I'm actually surprised the Spurs played him almost the entire game. I mean, that was a good chunk of time out there for him. So kudos to the Spurs not sitting at him after two minutes of play. But <laughs> offensively, too, I like that he wanted to get his teammates involved. He had some pretty dimes. He had some nice assists. He was looking for his teammates. He found them under the basket. He found them away from the basket. He had a fancy uh, pass, I, I, you know, driving uh, to the rim. I like that. I like that. But hopefully in game two, again, we're recording this after game one. Unfortunately, we cannot record after game two. That I, I hope to find out and see his highlights that he was getting more selfish. Is that okay? I would like to see him get more selfish offensively to really set his dominance offensively. And, yeah, they hack him, send him to the free throw line. Great. If they push him around, good. Let him get used to it uh, because we saw that offensively a few times. Some players on the Charlotte uh, side really bodied him in the paint and not letting him get comfortable. Well, he played 27 minutes, and that's a surprise because yeah. if I had set an over-under, it would have been like 15 to 18 or so, but yeah. he played 27 minutes, yeah. and they sat him down. And uh, you texted me saying, hey, I, th I think he's done for the night. And yeah. they brought him back in with four and a half to go. And I was kind of surprised that they did so. Surprised. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Glad that they did because he got to knock down that three on that four point mm -hmm. play and hopefully get a little bit of confidence. What we saw from Victor Wembanyama in his Spurs debut is a very high IQ player offensively right. when it comes to getting other people involved, when it comes mm -hmm. to finding the right pass and being selfless with it all. Down the stretch, he was trying to demand the ball down low. He was wanting to do something as a post-up. But for some reason, the young guys on this team who are eventually going to be in Austin were not giving him the ball. Mm -hmm. So we never got to see that whole thing. Uh, the one thing that did concern me when it came to Wemby offensively, beyond the fact that you know he was not accurate at all in his first game, uh, is the fact that he didn't protect the ball at all when he was dribbling. He had yeah. a couple of plays where he dazzled, where it was yeah. like, oh, man, look at this guy with handles. He's seven foot three. Uh, but there were a couple of plays down the stretch where, I mean, he was getting his pocket picked. Mm -hmm. And the reason why was because he didn't he, he wasn't uh, protecting the ball. And when you're seven foot three and the ball is bouncing so high, uh, you're going to have players, better players that are in the NBA compared to the French League right. who are better defensively, who are going to pick his pocket if he doesn't protect that thing. Yeah. 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 He, he had a, some uh, turnovers throughout the night. You know, I think that's one thing you're, they're going to work with him is we know he has the dribbling skills. They're there, but I think they need refinement. Like he, when he dribbles, he tends to put his head down, like he like really low and he's trying to keep his eyes up and look, there are, there's plenty of uh, game footage of him and you can't tell me these teams are scouting him already and trying to see how they can disrupt him offensively and defensively. And that's one thing you saw, again, offensively. You saw uh, one play he made. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, Hornets player really got into him, really put his body in him. And, and you saw Wimby collapse. He, like, fell to the he fell to the court and just barely got the pass out on the perimeter. I expect a lot of that in his uh, maiden voyage when the regular season starts. He managed your thoughts. Yeah, in a regular season game, that would have been called a charge. 
Yeah. I mean, I had my hand behind my head. I was ready to call a charge on that one right there because <laughs> uh, you cannot push off the way that that player did. I mean, that player that yeah. did that uh, was six foot five, a foot shorter than Wemby. Uh, he drove. He drove into the lane and kind of just used his forearm to to create mm-hmm. space. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see what he was able to do on both sides of the court. I mean, offensively, he struggled. Uh, he was trying to assert himself into the mm-hmm. game. It didn't work. Uh, but then you saw the players uh, on the Hornets team that were trying to take it to him a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you have the quote-unquote posterization play, the posterized yeah. play, which, okay. by the way, does not count as a poster at all. But, but was, I'm glad. Oh, he, go was ahead. Not, he was not trying to defend that shot. He was not trying to block it. He was going for the steal and got caught. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, well, it, 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 he wasn't. They didn't dunk over him while he was trying to defend the shot. It was an alley oop attempt. He tried to steal the ball, and that's that's how he got quote unquote. You talk about you talk about the, but, the, you know, the, the Kai Jones kept him dunk, out there, right? right? Yep. You talk about the Kai Do- the Kai Jones dunk, right? Yeah, Kai. Kai Jones, yeah. Who? Okay. I mean, yeah. No, no. I, I think, I think, I think Kai caught him. I think Kai. But anyway, I'm glad he got it out of the way. Like it's already out of the way. Somebody already got him. Okay, we're good. Moving right along. And speaking of moving right along, when we get back, uh, we're gonna continue our chat with Jimenez, and we're gonna discuss the defensive end. What do we like defensively out of Wimby? And I'm pretty sure Mike is gonna be glowing about that end of the court. At least I think he is. Find <laughs> out uh, right here on Locked On Spurs. Hey, look, picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, you know you're already going to do it, so why not get some cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop to get your cash back. It's super easy. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too. And when you start with Ibotta, such as Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and so many other spots. On average, Ibotta users earn 120 bucks per year. I'm pretty sure you can pocket 120 right now. That can cover the entire cost of an entire shopping trip. That's why you got to get Ibotta right now. Hey, look, if you're dying to go to that fancy dinner, why not save up for it using Ibotta? Right now, Ibotta is offering listeners five bucks just for trying Ibotta with code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. Hi, this is Nathan Ray Clark from Criminal Minds and Modern Family. And you, you lucky SOB, you're listening to the best Spurs podcast out there. Locked on Spurs with your boy Jeff Garcia. God, he's sexy. And we're back right here on Locked on Spurs with my guest, my good friend. He is Michael Jimenez of the Acquired Taste YouTube show, which is taking off. Every day I get a text from Humana saying, so my numbers are this now. Um, I, I eclipse this now. I eclipse this now. You want to talk, you want to check it out again. It's on YouTube right now. It's a great show. You get it. Look, go check it out. Go look at Jimenez in his infancy with this acquired taste uh, network. Yes, I said network that he's going to start creating and it's going up. It's a fun show. I like it. I'm a part of it. 
almost weekly. And Jimenez is going to brag about that later. Look at him. He's beaming like a proud dad. Look at that. Beaming like Very a much dad. so. Very much so. All right. Jimenez is going to do the defensive end uh, for uh, Wimbayama in game one of his summer league NBA debut. Once again, going to stress this because you know they're coming, Jimenez. Uh, you didn't talk about him in game two versus Scoot in Portland. Okay. We're recording this after game one, and because of time constraints, unfortunately, we were not able to record after game two, so we're just looking at his game one debut. Defensively, wow. I mean, I think he's going to have no problems defensively. He had, what, four blocks on the night, which I expected. Uh, he, he had he had five blocks and eight, eight defensive okay. rebounds. Five eight blocks, defensive eight rebounds. defensive rebounds. Yeah, that's what I like to see. He was a disruptor, Jimenez. Your thoughts? And it was beyond the five blocks. I mean, yeah. he doesn't get credit for the altered as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, those should count as something. No, uh, Wembenyama looked good defensively. It translated. Uh, mm -hmm. It reminds me a little bit of what we discussed on the Acquired Taste about how Draymond Green was saying that it might take a while for Wemby to get good offensively, but defensively, it's going to be right out of the gate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Draymond got that one spot on because sure. even though – he doesn't have that familiarity with the teammates that he had out there in the summer. Um, Wemby was able to go out there. Mm -hmm. And think about it this way. I don't think he asserted himself defensively. I think he was just trying to go with the flow of the game. So yeah. imagine when he starts to assert himself. Mm -hmm. If this is the worst case scenario where defensively he's kind of just trying to figure things out and oh by the way just happened to get eight defensive rebounds and oh by the way just happened to get five blocks and alter three or four others i mean this is going to be invaluable for the spurs because the spurs gave up a lot of points last season mm -hmm. the spurs had a very bad uh field goal percentage allowed last season and Wemby's going to be a big, big part of changing all of mm -hmm. that. And then you add a Jeremy Sohan to the mix and the oh, yeah. defense of De Devin Vassell. Oh, it's yeah. going to be better. And the fact is, I mean, Wemby was playing with players who are going to be on the team, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be the starters with him on the court, right? right. Uh, yeah. But defensively, if I had to give him a letter grade defensively, I'd say an A-. minus. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I, I give him an A. Uh, you saw him defend on the perimeter. He picks up his pocket outside the three-point line with his length. His yeah, he, length stopped, was... he stopped Brandon Miller on a three-point <laughs> yeah, attempt. Exactly. He stopped Brandon Miller on a three-point attempt, blocked it, and picked his pocket, picked another player's pocket. It was just great to see that. That length is going to be a disruption. You mentioned just some of the teammates on the defensive end he's going to team up with with the regular season starts. We even forget about Trey Jones. You know, if he mm -hmm. is the starter on opening night, then that's a great – I mean, I, I'm I'm going to expect the Spurs to be among the top five defensive teams next year. I really think so. Just Wimby alone just boosts that up big time. Uh, and that's what wins games is defense. Uh, no, defense so, wins games and it gets you minutes with Pop. And yeah. I don't know if they'll go top five. Um, I, I, can, I can see them being top ten. You know, mm -hmm. as far as a defense is concerned, and uh, that's going to translate to some wins. It might mm -hmm. be ugly wins that the Spurs get. I mean, are we going to go back to the days of the Spurs, uh, you know, winning games 92 to 89? Is yeah. that what's going to happen? Because, uh, you know, defensively, it was so nice to see Victor Wimanyama kind of just let the game come to him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Brandon Miller made a move on him. He did have uh, a couple of plays where he was out of sorts. Uh, but it's one of those things where 
I almost trust him more inside. And then you mm-hmm. see all do on the weak side defense. All the blocks that he had was helping out, you know, just coming from the opposite side underneath the basket and boom, you know, getting a hand on the ball. And it and sometimes it wasn't a full-on block like a volleyball block. I mean, sometimes it was just getting a couple of fingers on there right, right. and suddenly the ball is just nowhere near the hoop. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, was happy with his performance on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive yeah. side of the ball, I'll give him a pass. But I will say this, though. The pressure that he was under this evening was so dramatic. And then to oh, yeah. hear the frustration of a sold-out crowd who went to see him, yes. hoping that they would see a 40, yeah. 20, and 10 type of game, and the buzz that was there as they're daring him to shoot. I mean, he had 17,000 people daring him to shoot. Right. And I know all the Spurs fans that were out there were very, very protective of their baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of uh, people were like, don't turn against Wimpy. We're not turning against Wimpy. <laughs> Just game one, yeah. If if the worst case scenario is we got a guy who has uh, who's going to get 10, 12 rebounds and four, five, or six blocks per game, the offense will come. The yeah, offense it, it, will come. Yeah, yeah th- that'll definitely come, yes. And you even saw when uh, opposing players on the Hornets side tried to score on him. Uh, in the paint, sure, a couple guys got you know a shot off on him and made it, but they had to really stretch to get around Wimby in that length. They really had to maneuver around him. So you figure that was just his first game, uh, or at least organized basketball in quite some time. You, you know, the, the, well, he played the French Finals was the last time he played, and that was what um, early July. Yeah. So um, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, no, not early July. Uh, you know, we, we uh, just like right uh, before uh, the, yeah, it was like it was like it was uh, a middle of June. It was yeah, a few middle weeks ago, June, right? Yeah, yeah, middle June. Can I so. mention something right away? Um, maybe this is a bit of an omen, but when they were showing the warm-ups before the game, mm-hmm. Wemby was missing dunks, and he missed a dunk early in the game too. Yeah, so bizarre, so bizarre because yeah. He's so close to the freaking rim. He is. <laughs> and and I, it, was, I, I, it, was, I, it was almost like he got too close to the rim. I'm expecting a lot of this to happen next season, in the regular season, from fans. Wimby, you're right there. Just finish with authority. Remember the old David <laughs> Robinson days? When Robinson no. would always go for a layup, and they were like, you're right there. Just dunk it. No, I'm finish with authority is Yaka Purtle. Why, why did Yaka too, yeah. the team in, like, layups? Like, dude, you're yeah. seven foot tall. Like, I mean, Graham went on somebody, yeah. Just just, just you know, turn the wrist over and dunk the ball. That's all we needed to do. But Wemby, I mean, yeah, uh, we're going to hear it like crazy. Spurs fans are going to get yeah. very defensive. Oh yeah, uh, happening right the now. The fact of the matter is, fact of the matter is, guess what? This game was meaningless. Exactly, it was a pickup Again, game. Yeah, exactly. For t- for Wemby's debut against the Hornets in summer league play, didn't matter what the out- what the outcome was. Uh, didn't matter anything. You just hope he was healthy. And he shows you uh, some tr- bag, some tricks in his bag, and he showed a lot. Yes, they weren't big time wow factor aside from the four point play and a, and a couple other plays, but they were efficient. You know, he he gave you a little, he gave you a lot of blocks, he gave you some rebounds, he gave you some scoring. He presented himself as a three point threat, and I think it'll fall eventually. Uh, he was able to defend on the perimeter, and he got his teammates involved. He was very mindful of that. I like also too. He didn't let the pressure of showing out get to him and force something to happen. So I really like that as well. You know, instead of like, hey, well, all these people showed up to see me do something, you know, spectacular. I like that he didn't give into that. He just played with himself 
and shook off the rust. And hopefully, again, in game two, by the time you're watching this, uh, he had a perhaps a better all-around performance. You're just looking for incremental growth from the 19-year-old number one pick for the Spurs. All right, he managed before I let you go. Give us a grade. What did you think about his NBA Summer League debut versus Charlotte? Uh, I'm going to give it a B. Uh, a minus on the uh, on the uh, defensive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would give him a C minus D plus, if you will, on the offensive side. But I'm, I'll give him some some uh, leeway because he had not practiced with the team and he didn't. He, he you know, it's it's just becoming right. accustomed to the team uh, and to the style of play. So that that's mm-hmm. all going to come. Uh, but one last thing, uh, if I can just add this, uh, sure. I was also impressed with Wemby's post game interview with ESPN. And talking about of, he liked the fact that, that his team won and that he was able to contribute to a win somehow, some way. Right. And I think I would be more concerned if the defense didn't show up. You know, it's one thing to have a game where you're shooting two for whatever it was, two for 13 or whatever he did in this game. And you look at that and, and think to yourself, wow, he was awful offensively. And he didn't bring it defensively. Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that we know that the defense is going to be there. That mm-hmm. is reason to celebrate. That's reason to to look at Victor Wembanyama and think to yourself, you know what? Uh, this is going to be a very, very, very good player. It's just Absolutely. offensively. We might have to wait till December, January, February before he is fully confident in what he's doing offensively. Right, but the Spurs have time, and and they have good players around them that are getting better. Uh, Julian uh, uh, Champagne, oh, oh my God, again, Whoa. again. You know, you and I need to have a conversation about whether he makes Keldon expendable because I hate to say it that way. Wow, but oh my God, that was a yeah. slight joke, but not really. I mean, he's showing out. I mean, I, I mean, I look, look. I'm not knocking it. You know, it, it's versus summer league uh, talent right now. Well, we'll see how he looks like in preseason at minimum before we get to that. He shot forty percent from three last year with the Spurs, and I know it was only in, in fifteen games or so. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing that again, and you know how I like offensive efficiency, and that yeah. dude is super efficient. And what a dunk! This evening, where he just stared down that guy, he stared down the defender, and uh, I, am I didn't know he had it in him. I didn't know he had that in him, <laughs> dude. At all. I, 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 if I had to go buy a jersey right now, it wouldn't yeah. be Wemby's. I think I'd buy Champagne's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy that stock. You know and I think if you were to do that and wear it to a game, fans would actually come up to you and be like, "You know what? That's pretty cool." Like I think <laughs> exactly. you'll get that kind of reaction, like. You know what? That is awesome. Like that's that's perfect. And you'll probably get an easy way to get you a photograph with Champagne. There you uh, go. You wearing him his jersey. Yeah, no, Champagne for sure. I mean, again, shades of your Gary Neals or your Bryn Forbes, those undrafted players, the Spurs find and become crucial uh in the season. And yeah, I think at this rate, he probably locked himself up a, a spot on the San Antonio roster. No, um, and I how, think he's yeah. he's going to be in the nine ten yeah. rotation. Yeah. He's going to get at least fifteen minutes a game, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a deep threat. You like that, and apparently he can take it to the rim and put some <laughs> you know, put somebody six feet under. Because I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you, you know you were there to give out the eulogy for that Hornets player. You know the uh, funeral services were beautiful for that guy. <laughs> you know, Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin awesome. singing in the background. Sarah <laughs> for the guy. 
Champagne had some final words for him, but no, it was all good. But yeah, definitely Champagne is wowing everybody. But I'm going to give Wimby a B. So yeah. right below you. No, no, no. You give him what, a B? Yeah, I give him a B also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I give him a B. Yeah, there's room. There's definitely room for improvement offensively, defensively, just some fine tuning. But I that but I think, you know, I don't. I'm I'm gonna give Wemby a little bit of benefit of doubt. I'm gonna say his offense probably comes sooner than later, maybe right before All Star break. I think yeah, you said that right around December, right? You said around yeah. December. Okay, I so said then, December is probably December between December and February. Uh, yeah, he should be. Yeah. He should have his feet under him as to what he's yeah. doing. Exactly. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think we'll give him that, and it, it'll it'll come. And so, not a bad. It it was it was okay. It was a good debut. It was a good good debut. Again, he showed you a little bit of everything. Hopefully, he shows you a lot more versus the Blazers, and uh, we'll be definitely talking about that before I let Jimenez go and bring on Dr. Ryan McCorkle. Brag you about your new <laughs> MJ yeah. Acquire Taste on YouTube. What's going on? Yeah, the Acquire Taste podcast is uh, Monday through Friday from 12 to about 1, 115 or so. Uh, it's on YouTube, Facebook. It's on Twitter as well. And it's a fun. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to 500 subscribers, which is amazing for YouTube. Uh, a lot of our traffic comes from Twitter, but slowly but surely, they're doing the right thing and migrating over to the YouTube side. Good, good, uh, good. So to get 500 or so or 400 and some odd followers uh, in less than a month has been uh, a blessing. Uh, this is turning into a network because August 6th, we're beginning the Fantasy Gods Fantasy Football Show with Brandon Medina. Mm -hmm. I'm looking closer to the start of the NFL and football season mm -hmm. to expand this to a two-hour show. And the nice. goal is, is to fill in the gaps because right now, Local sports talk radio does not have any local programming between 10 and 2. So why not do it myself? Why not get my own people, put our, put together our own uh, network for this, and then also provide that Sunday morning uh, type of thing that, by the way, local stations don't do either. So uh, it's it's been – and we, we've gotten a lot of good comments and a lot of good uh, – a lot of praise. Uh, but I'm excited, and it's starting to take off. Yeah, he is Michael Jimenez with the Acquired MJ Acquired Taste YouTube Network. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at MJ Acquired Taste. Hey, give out your threads. That's what the kids are doing now. Your threads now. What's your threads handle? Yeah, I reached out to you uh, about that as well. Uh, my threads yeah. is M I M one three one three. It's the same as my Instagram because it has to be the same as the Instagram. Right. So uh, if you follow me on Instagram as well, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you can also follow me on TikTok at uh, MJ Acquired Taste as well. Absolutely. Again, he is Michael Jimenez of the Acquired Taste YouTube show. Just Google it or YouTube it in this case. Follow or just go to his Twitter. It's all right there at MJ Acquired Taste. Yeah. But coming up next is Dr. Ryan McCorkle. Yes, he's back for a segment. He's going to talk about Wimbayama and his comments, well, Wimby's comments, about adding strength versus bulk. What does that mean? Dr. Ryan McCorkle is going to tell you all about that right here on Locked On Spurs. All right, we are now joined by Dr. Ryan McCorkle. He is back, everybody. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at AustinERDoc. He's with the Backstage Concierge Medicine Practice as well as the St. David's um, emergency room out in Austin, Texas. So, doctor, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. By the way, everybody, no video for this portion. We had a scheduling conflict. So, unfortunately, uh, this is the only way we can connect for today's show. But 
All that matters really, doctor, is one, that you are okay, doing fine, and happy birthday to your daughters. Oh, man. Thanks. My my sons, yeah, they're turning, uh, they're turning 13 today, so I'm, I'm really, uh, really proud of them. We, we just got back from uh, Joshua Tree National Park and Disneyland for their birthday, and uh, and we're going out to celebrate uh, today because it's their actual birthday. So okay. Finny and Lila are, are the two best things in, in my world. I'm really proud like of them, that. and happy birthday to them. Exactly. Happy birthday to them from a Locked On Spurs. And, uh, yeah, well, let's get you out of here quick because that is way more important, you know, spending time with your kids there. So, uh, Dr., uh, you know, quickly, we heard uh, Victor Wimbayama talk about or addressing, you know, the knock on him that, oh, you know, he's, you know, too skinny, he's too thin. And he had a sharp remark to that. He goes, well, everybody should skinny up, <laughs> you know, instead of bulking up. <laughs> so... But he focused a lot. He said he does want to get stronger, but he also said not necessarily bulkier. Can you explain to us how he could accomplish that? What does he mean by that? And what type of, I guess, program do you think the Spurs may put him on to help him achieve that stronger goal? Well, I actually think it's a, it's a good goal, especially for playing, for playing basketball for the longevity of his career. I think we've we've talked a few times about the fact that when they do, when players do bulk up a lot, they tend to find that they have more lower body issues, low mm-hmm. back issues, especially knees, ankles, feet, and the mm-hmm. low back, just because they're adding this, you know, this bulk, but it's putting a whole lot more strain on the joints and it's more more weight to carry, especially on those on those lower extremities that are already pretty fragile in someone of his size. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad strategy at all. I think when he's saying yeah. he wants to get stronger, he doesn't want to be moved around in the post as much. Mm-hmm. But you can you can do that without, you know, just upper body bulk. We saw Kobe and, and Jordan and even LeBron both put on a lot of muscle for the same reason. They were tired of getting pushed around in the post. They put on all this bulk and found that it really affected their ability to play 82 games because mm-hmm. of the beating on their knees, their ankles, their feet. And then right. they, all three of them then made the decision the following season to slim back down. Right. Um, and some of it's vanity. You know, they, I mean, it looks, you know, they, they feel like it looks good. You're, right. you're big, you're cut, and that kind of thing. But it does not contribute to a long NBA career. Yeah, you look at uh, Wimbayama, especially in game one of his uh, NBA Summer League debut, there were times he was uh, getting pushed around a bit. I think Brandon Miller really, you know, was bodying him and bodying him to the point where Wimbayama dropped to the floor. Uh, You know, you mentioned a lot of lower strength. Uh, What about the core? How important would it be for Wimby to develop that core? Core strength is going to be very important. Even even some lower body strength, you know, mm-hmm. just in, in those thighs, you know, and 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 the calves and that kind of thing for for the leverage when you're when you're leaning in. But to be honest, I think if if we're really going to say what the new NBA is like, it is not a league of banging. This is not Shaq, you know, right. backing somebody, Chris Dudley down with his shoulder and turning and dunking on it. 
we just that's not the way the game works right now and so so it really is more to his advantage to stay lean to stay mobile to learn to use leverage and maybe to get some some lower body strength um Mm -hmm. to be able to to do those things in the post but Mm -hmm. i mean you're not taking a ton of contact or even post players aren't just taking a ton of of real banging body work in the in the post anymore yeah, yeah, and and you look at um, Wimby, and he and obviously he's just 19 years old. Uh, that body is going to fill out, you know, just give it time, and he was he's going to get adjusted to the NBA uh, style. And <clears throat> doctor, I know the NBA is not the physical way it was back in the 90s, maybe a little bit into the 2000s, but I suspect some teams will try to body him really try to shove him out of his sweet spots really be physical with him and especially if a player is shorter well i think all players are shorter than him for the most part but they're going to feel desperate and they're going to want to get a lot more physical with him uh do you expect you know a lot of banging on his back obviously when he does go back to the basket you know you would think that that back muscle area needs to be stronger your thoughts i, I mean Yes, the it, it's got to be more subtle, and in today's NBA game, it's more about giving quick, sharp mm-hmm. elbows because right. you really, you really can't just lean into somebody anymore. Mm-hmm. And this, and for the same, by the same token, you don't see players back to the basket just leaning back right. and backing people down with those yeah. rough shoulders. Uh, the the there's not as many charges call in the league but you're going to see them a lot you see them sure. more in that situation than you do mm-hmm. the whole stepping in being outside the the circle drive right. charges we're trying to get away from that because it puts players health at risk being in the air and taken down like yeah. that and the fall mm-hmm. uh, when you so i think when he's backing down yeah we're going to see some people try to test him with some some elbows in the back and i mean to be honest the back is a is a fragile thing and there's mm-hmm. only so much work you can do mm-hmm. to to bulk up that area without putting the discs at risk, having a disc herniation yeah. from yeah from and that's that's what we're talking about when you lift a ton of weight trying to put bulk on mm-hmm. a lot of times unless your form is ex- you know completely perfect, people tend to herniate discs throwing around right. that much yeah. weight just trying to bulk up chest and upper body wow so. I don't know that there's a lot that's going to do that, but I don't feel like, from what we've seen of, of Wimanyama's game, that's that's not a whole lot of his game yeah, is exactly. leaning back, backing somebody down, and then making a, a post move. Right. He is Dr. Ryan McCorkle right here on Locked On Spurs. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Austin ER Doc. And, and you know what? This is new. What's your Threads handle? That's a new thing the kids are doing now. Threads. Yeah. It's an extension of Instagram, so it's your same handle. So I'm oh, okay. Austin EM Doc on uh, Instagram, so I'll also be Austin EM Doc on Threads. Okay. And yeah, I'm really, really enjoying having an alternative there and and uh, and getting used to to that format. And I I'm, yeah, I like it. So yeah, find yeah. me over there on Thread too. All right, well, everybody knows how to follow him. Once again, uh, we're gonna let him go very shortly because he has something way more important. His kid's birthday, a lot more important than locked on Spurs right now. Uh, Doctor, after the game one summer league debut, one thing that Wimbayama highlighted, he said that he was winded. 
that he likes to, he has conditioning to get better. Is that a product of getting adjusted to the NBA style or just simply because he hadn't played organized basketball since before the draft uh, playing uh, in the French finals? I think that was what, uh, mid-June. So he's had a gap of time where he hasn't played some sort of organized basketball in a while. I think it's it's some of both. We yeah. I think we talked about this before. We used to say that all the time. You know, when I was playing even in college, you know, my, my roommate was a swimmer and I would say he was in much better shape than I was cardiovascularly, you know, just these incredible um, warm-ups and then workouts for, for competitive swimmers. They're in incredible cardiovascular shape, but there is no shape like basketball shape. So I'm sure that Wimby has been doing cardiovascular work. It's not that he's not in decent cardiovascular shape. It's that basketball shape is a different animal because it's endurance mixed with sprinting, mixed with right. wrestling, basically, especially when you're down in the post. So I think mm-hmm. what, just what you said is, is exactly on point, that he hasn't played competitive basketball in a while, and the mm-hmm. basketball shape is different than just being in shape. I don't want to hang it on him that he's not, quote-unquote, in shape. He's just mm-hmm. it's not in, in that particular basketball shape. Now, on to that, that we are yeah. going to – the leap is a level like none of us who have ever played on that level can fathom to go mm-hmm. from, you know, even college basketball to pro basketball. Not only are the games longer, but the level of how much bigger, faster, and stronger those people are, even at the summer league level, not to mention, you know, when we actually get to the NBA competitive level, mm-hmm. is, requires a level, a, a step up in level of effort that, that none of us can imagine. So not that he's not totally capable of it, but it's an, it's an adjustment. So I can totally understand why he's winded, but he will A, adjust to it, and then B, once he does adjust to it, we're going to go back to what we have, we've done episodes before on about hitting right. that rookie wall, of trying yeah. to maintain that kind of effort for 82 games. Yeah, and good on him for just owning it too after the game, uh, at least game one. Again, everybody, let me remind you. I reminded everybody in the first couple of segments, Doctor, and remind them again. Doctor and I were talking after just Wimby's day uh, day one, game one, summer league game. So hopefully he had a better performance <clears throat> in game two versus Portland. But, you know, I'm glad that he owned it. I'm glad that he was honest about it. That he was a little winded. Uh, he also was lost. <laughs> he said that he didn't even really get that much time to warm up. He said that impacted him, which leads to the next question. How important is just a warm-up for a pro player like Wimbayama or just you and me hitting the gym? Warm-ups are the key to not getting injured. And warm-ups have changed a whole lot since you and I, you and I are about the same age, Jeff. When we were coming up, you know, it was all about this stretching and things beforehand. And we found that that really didn't help. You were stretching the muscle bellies beyond their optimal length it, it it didn't help with your explosiveness and it didn't really prevent injury the way to warm up is to slowly methodically go through the same motions that you're going to go through during the game so mm-hmm. that's why he has that special warm-up that he's doing you know with his feet and uh the kind of the steph curry warm-up that we've seen mm-hmm. and then that's why layup lines were so important. And, mm-hmm. and our, the, our great players were trying to go through the motions that they will do in the game and to break that sweat. Those are mm-hmm. the two things that are key to not getting injured, to getting yeah. your 
whole body, your core, and your muscles warm and to get them familiar with going through the motions they're about to go through on a higher, more explosive level during the game. So warming up is extremely important. Absolutely. And again, hopefully Wimby got that out of the system. Now hopefully got some rust shaken off as well. The Jenners perhaps. I mean, that was a big stage. I mean, sold out Vegas game, a summer league game. Tickets were going over $1,000 on the secondary market. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But hopefully he got it out of his way. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. He got even got posterized out of the way. So it's over. It's over already. See, I told everybody it's going to happen. It happened. And guess what? It's probably going to happen again. So it happens to everybody. Doctor, before we let you go, so you can uh, blow off the candles with your kids, um, <laughs> do some sneaker talk real briefly. As everybody yeah. knows, Wimby signed a deal with Nike. He wore, I think, the, the Nike Zoom GTs for his summer league debut. Your thoughts on him joining Nike as well as the sneakers? Everybody, I'm asking Doctor this because he's a big sneakerhead. As much as he's knowledgeable on medicine, he's equally perhaps not more knowledgeable when it comes to sneakers. So what's up with uh, Wimby's new kicks? So the the Zoom GT runners that he's wearing is part of this new trend. I, I think maybe I'm a little bit older and I, I think the there's been a lot of research and there's been no medical real benefit to wearing high tops versus low tops. You mm-hmm. either need ankle braces that do some real protection, which I have to wear when I play because my you know ankles like a lot of basketball players. Yeah we're trashed when playing, but we haven't found any benefit that high tops are actually preventing those injuries more than low tops. So the, the trend in the last few years has been going to low tops. So Wimby is wearing those Zoom GT low tops. Uh, if you look, Nikola Jokic wears the Zoom GT high tops, which yeah. I think are, are pretty cool. Um, I think it, it's a certain level of humility maybe that, that that maybe he and Jokic have in common that mm-hmm. they didn't push immediately right out of the gate to have a PE, a, a personal edition. So these are kind of a not generic. I mean, they're 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 high in mm-hmm. their nice shoes, but it's not specific to Wimby. And right. even Jokic, who's won two MVPs and an NBA championship, doesn't have a, his own personal edition sneaker yet, which is absurd. So I'm sure that mm-hmm. will be corrected during this offseason, and he'll have one. So I think this is where Wimby's starting with, um, you know, one of the most comfortable um, functional shoes that they have, that Zoom GT, mm-hmm. and having it be kind of generic as I'm sure they want to see how he performs early in the season, and then he'll get his own personal edition probably either sometime this season or next season. Right. But those yeah. those Zoom GTs are real. They're good shoes. They're They're pretty – if you look, they kind of the ones he's wearing actually look mm-hmm. similar to the old Kyrie's. Right. So yeah. we may be seeing Nike re- reuse some of those <laughs> right. designs that they no longer will be using on Kyrie, and, and those were those were actually great shoes. So I thought they were they were yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, they're they're very good. Cool. I like them. I can't wait for his uh, PE to come out, and then everybody get upset that they can't get them because they're personal editions. So that's how it oh. always goes. Unless you you can, doctor, because you seem to get all the PEs with your, your line of business. Let, let me throw out there too, though. You know, I, I'm in the bag for Nike. I wish you know I'm I'm not a a corporate shill, and I certainly don't get any kind of kickback at all from them. It's just what, my personal preferences. But I will say, um, I'm not. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. It's Sissoko, the our, our other yep. yeah. rookie, broke out those 
Pumas that were in Fiesta colors. Mm-hmm. I thought those were extremely impressive for really I'm not a big not a big Puma guy, but when I saw those, I was like, wow! And they were they were personal for him, done in Fiesta colors, and and I thought those were really coming coming out of the gate strong there for our for our other rookie. All right, well, kudos to uh, City Sissoko. I didn't even notice that. Uh, I, I was just so wrapped up in Wimby Fever watching him. I didn't realize that City was wearing those uh, those uh, those those, those uh, Pumas there. So interesting. Who knows? Maybe they might sign him. Might as well. Puma recently didn't have kind of like over the last few years, kind of have a resurgence. Remember Rudy Gay joined them. I, there was another player that joined them. But um, yeah, not too long ago, back in the 80s, maybe the mid 70s, Pumas were it. Remember the, a lot of the players in the NBA were, were Team Puma. Yeah. yeah, you had Puma, you had a lot of yeah. Converse. Converse yeah. is now owned by Nike, but Converse mm-hmm. dominated the market forever. Mm-hmm. If you go see the exactly. movie Air, there's a whole thing about, you know, the, the transition from Converse to Nike and how, how they just dominated the market back in the day. So yeah, Puma had a pretty good foothold too. He is Dr. Ryan McCorkle. Make sure to follow him on Threads. Start that first at Austin EM Doc, and that's also his Instagram. Uh, page as well go check out his instagram page because there's a lot of pictures of sneakers and a lot of i guess some famous musicians for that blink 182 is on his threads page right now if you go check it out so i'm jealous that he gets to do all that stuff and gets all that free swag that's awesome that's awesome yeah sometimes i get jealous when i see your photos of the uh the musicians that you meet the celebrities you had i mean i mean the other day you're dropping names on lost house person you know just hanging out with bruce you know bruce Springsteen. You know, just that casually. You know, just hanging out with Bruce, that's all. But he is Dr. Ryan McCorkle. Make sure to follow him on Twitter as well, at Austin uh, ER Doc. Uh, great follow. He'll talk to you about anything you want to know medically, Spurs, the NBA, or just uh, music. He's a big music head. You know, check, talk, him, talk with him, and he will definitely interact with you. But for Dr. Ryan McCorkle, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lot on this episode of Locked on Spurs. Oh, 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 oh,